Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Hi, I'm CJ Cousins, and welcome to part two of Loyal to King and Kingdom. Last time when we spoke about this journey of the three Hebrew young men there in Daniel chapter three, we talked about the fact that they were loyal to king and kingdom because they stood out because they kept standing. They stood out there in the crowd on the plain of Dura because that's what they were continually doing. They put into practice standing, not for King Nebuchadnezzar, but truly standing for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Yahweh, Jesus the Christ. And so because they kept standing, they stood out. But today we're going to continue with part two. We're going to dive in to the story. But before we get started, I want to invite you right now to go ahead and bow your heads with me as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with you. Thank you for this community where we can gather online and we can dive into your word together. Help us, Lord, to get into your words so that your word can get into us. We want to see Jesus very clearly. We want our hearts drawn to you revealed in him. Help us to know your love. Help us, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying so we can apply what you're asking us to do by your grace and by your power. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we've already seen, man, King Nebuchadnezzar is just at an all-time high of narcissism. He is a government leader completely full of himself to the point that he erects an image that looks like himself and he wants everybody to bow down to this image, therefore bowing down to him and showing their complete loyalty to him as king and loyalty to his kingdom. And here we have these three Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have not bowed down. They're resisting this king and his kingdom when it comes to crossing the line in worshiping a human or a human system, and they say no. State and now religion have merged and is calling for their allegiance, calling for their ultimate loyalty, and they say no, our loyalty is to the king and his kingdom. And so here we have it now. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, is unhinged in a fit of rage, and he calls in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they come in, he gives them a second chance to bow down. When you hear the music, when you hear the CD play again, when you hear the MP3 go one more time, I want you to bow down in front of everybody. You see, clearly right here, he's upset that these three people in his kingdom, in his dominion, are not doing that which he wanted completely displayed universally. He wanted a show of complete loyalty. Nobody opposing his rule. Nobody opposing his reign. And here they are now a thorn in his flesh. 
They are resisting the very thing that he wanted completely displayed before everybody. Absolute loyalty. Absolute loyalty to him as king. Absolute loyalty to his kingdom. And he wants their loyalty. He wants their allegiance. He wants their worship. And they're not willing to do it. So he says, I'm going to give you one more chance, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The other thing that's coming out here is that he probably likes them. He doesn't want to lose their valuable service. They've been serving him, yes, loyalty to the extent that they could as followers of Yahweh. And he wants them to be preserved. They were wise men. It was through their intervention with Daniel that he didn't lose all the rest of his wise men, right? And so he wants to possibly preserve them and the value that they bring to him in his kingdom. And so he gives them one more chance. But then he reveals his cards. Then he completely messes up. He then says something here. He says, and what God will be able to rescue you, will be able to deliver you, will be able to save you from my power? Ah, Nebuchadnezzar, that's where you messed up, man. What God is going to be able to save you, rescue you from my power? You see, right there, he now is issuing a direct challenge to Yahweh, the God of heaven and earth. And the response, the calm response of these three Hebrew young men are one of the most powerful words recorded in scripture. I want to invite you to come with me now as we go to their response to this direct challenge to their God in verse number 16 of Daniel chapter 3. The Bible says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we were thrown Into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, New King James Version will say, but if not, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, Nebuchadnezzar, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue or image you have set up. Their response is clear. It's calm. It's decisive. It's respectful, your majesty. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't trying to be rude in their protest. They weren't trying to to be disrespectful. They were still trying to show their, what the gospel of the kingdom reveals is subversive loyalty. They're like, yes, we respect you. Look, God is sovereign over all governments and all nations. And so we're going to give you respect where it is due. But watch this, King Nebuchadnezzar. We respect you, but we don't respect you to the point that we're going to violate freedom of conscience. We're not, going to, we're not going to give you the allegiance that only belongs to the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. His kingdom is the one that lasts forever, not your kingdom, King Nebuchadnezzar. We give our allegiance and our loyalty to Yahweh, to God and his kingdom. 
We respect you. Thank you, for the, thank you for the position that you've given us, King Nebuchadnezzar. Ultimately, it was God who gave us this position. But watch this. We respect you, but we will not worship you, King Nebuchadnezzar. You are deluded. Nebuchadnezzar has now fallen into his own self-exalting, self-deluded illusion that he is somehow the supreme being to be worshipped. He's a mere human being, right? He's a government leader on earth. God is the king and the ruler of heaven and earth. He gives him the very breath he's breathing. And somehow he expects that they're going to give him the allegiance that's only due to God. Right there, the line is drawn and cannot be crossed. We respect you, Nebuchadnezzar. We respect you, government leader. But your narcissism has gone far beyond the clouds. We only give our allegiance ultimately to God, to Yahweh, to Jesus Christ. We will not bow down. You see, when you are loyal to Christ and his kingdom, you trust his deliverance even to death. You trust his deliverance, his salvation, his rescue, even to the point of death. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, you don't have to play the CD one more time. You don't have to ask us the question one more time. You don't have to pose this situation before us. We've already made up our minds. We've already made a decision before we even got here, Nebuchadnezzar. We will not bow down. You don't have to give us a second chance. We already have made our decision. We will not bow down. I wonder if God has some people right now that are watching that are saying, look, I don't care who is in power. I worship and I serve the King of Kings, Jesus Christ and his kingdom. My loyalty belongs to him. I will serve, yes, here on earth and give respect where it's due, honor where it's due. But my worship, my loyalty and my allegiance belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, Messiah. And no earthly human power will ever receive that loyalty, that worship, that allegiance. You know, I'm moved here by these three powerful words. But if not, see, our God is able, they said. He is able. He's able to deliver us. He's able to save us. He's able to rescue us. And watch this. They went a step further. They said, and he will rescue us. They believed that God would rescue them. They had faith in the deliverance of God, but they left the when and the how to him. And they said, even if he chooses not to right now, we still won't bow down. We still will not give you our allegiance. You will not get us to bow down to your sticks and your stones, to your idols. We trust in the delivering power of God. He has created us. He sustains us. It is him who saves us. We will not bow down, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm moved here because it wasn't what God was going to do for them. It wasn't like, okay, if God saves us, then we will stand for God and God alone. No, even if he doesn't save us in this moment, even if it costs us our temporary lives on this planet, we're not going to bow down. That's the kind of loyalty to Christ and his kingdom that God is looking for in these last days. I want to tell you that, that this is the kind of loyalty to Christ and his kingdom 
that the followers of Jesus in the first century displayed before the then known Greco-Roman world that caught their attention and man, it made them go, whoa, what is this movement that's breaking on the scene of human history? These followers of Jesus were persecuted to the death. They were put in the Colosseums. They, had, they stared down lions that were sicked on them. They were tortured. They were burnt at the stake. And even when the emperor, who very much like Nebuchadnezzar, said, you must do emperor worship, they deified the Roman emperors and they said, you are to give allegiance. You are to give worship to the emperor. And these Christians said, hey, that's the line that we're not going to cross. We're citizens of this empire. We're going to serve peacefully for this empire. We'll even pray for the peace of the city, but we will not give you our allegiance. That belongs to God and God alone. That belongs to Christ and Christ alone. We will not worship the emperor because we worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And they persecuted them to the death. And people watching this in the Roman empire, that were pagans, saw these Christians say they're willing to give their lives, stare down lions with their families, singing praise songs to God, which is what they did. It is recorded that many of them, as lions were about to rip them to shreds, were singing praises to God where their allegiance lied. We will not bow down. We worship Jesus. We're going to sing. They had smiles on their faces, and it totally disrupted it totally subverted this, 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 this empire and this emperor worship that they were trying to get everybody in their empire, in their kingdom, to give their loyalty to. These Christians were disrupting it. They were subverting the empire because of their loyalty to Christ and his kingdom. I want to tell you that the kind of person that cannot be intimidated that cannot be coerced, even at the threat of death, is a serious individual on this planet. It's the kind of person that cannot be, that cannot be manipulated. Where earthly powers, even right now as I'm speaking to you, seek to manipulate us, seek to coerce us, seek to control us by fear, fear-mongering, even at the threat of of our lives and our lifestyles. And when, you, when you're the kind of person that says, I will not be manipulated. I will not be coerced. No, 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 I will not bow down to your culture, to your, to your human empire, to your image. I'm not gonna do it. I worship Jesus. I worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I vote for him. That's the kind of person that's a threat to human systems that seek our allegiance. And it was the kind of threat that threatened Nebuchadnezzar. It's why he went into a fit of rage. It's why he went into this self-deluded, self-exalted kind of state where he says, look, put the fire up seven times hotter. They're going to be thrown into the furnace. I need to control people by fear, this kind of system says, by the threat of death. Jesus, knowing that, wanted to prepare you for that. He wanted you to have a kind of loyalty to him and his kingdom. That even in the face of death, you still stand. You see, Jesus, when he began to uh, make it very clear in his ministry, that Messiah, that his kingdom was about self-sacrificing love, 
When he began to clarify for the disciples after they acknowledged him as the Messiah, Matthew chapter 16 and 17, and he began to say, yes, I am the Messiah. Thank you, Peter, for making that proclamation. That is the rock that I'm building my church on, that I'm building my movement on, on the rock, on the foundation, that I am the Messiah. He says, now let me define my Messiah for you. It means self-sacrificing love. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to Jerusalem. I will be crucified, but I will rise on the third day. And very much like Jesus, we are called into the same type of life. See, the kingdom life is about self-sacrificing love. Watch this principle unfold in the life of Jesus. He tells them now in Matthew chapter 17, watch this, and verse 25. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, rather, verse 25, Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And you go, wait a minute, Jesus, that sounds like a paradox. If I try to hold on to my life, I'm going to lose it. So the world tells us it's it's survival of the fittest. Evolution is telling you that it's the strongest that survives. It's self-preservation, right? You've got to hold on to your life. You've got to try and keep your lifestyle. You've got to try and hold on to those possessions. You've got to hold on to materialism, right? You've got to hold on to your way of life. And Jesus says, that's not the kingdom life. No. It's the kind of life that's willing to lose its life for his sake and for the principles of his kingdom. That's when your life is saved, Jesus says. It sounds like a paradox, doesn't it? Watch this. He repeats the same thing a little bit later. When you go now, a little bit before you get to the resurrection of Lazarus and that final few moments before the cross, Jesus says this. John chapter John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And watch this, it's also verse 25, isn't it interesting? We just looked at Matthew 16, verse 25, but look at John chapter 12, verse 25. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who love their world, their life in this world will lose it. But then he goes on to say, those who care nothing for their life in this world We'll keep it for eternity. Hmm, We'll keep it for eternity. If you lose your life, you will find it, Jesus says. If you give up your life for the sake of Christ and his kingdom, you'll find your life. But if you try to hold on to it, if you try to be self-preserving, you will lose your life. What are you saying, Jesus? Look what he says. Watch this. He says this in a different way. He brings out another point. He gets a little bit more, he gets a little bit more practical. He gets a little bit more specific here, but he brings out the same principle in the previous chapter, John chapter 11, in the story of Lazarus and him raising him from the dead. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus says in, in, in John chapter 11, verse 25 again. <laughs> verse 25, watch this. Jesus says. Talking to, talking to Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
I am the resurrection and the life. Watch this. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone who believes in Jesus, he says, will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me, Jesus says, will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Hmm. See, Jesus is defining life in a particular way. Jesus is de de defining death in a particular way. Now, I want to watch, I, I want you to watch this again now. I want you to watch this again as it manifests itself. John writing again now, but now he's, he's writing in the revelation of Jesus Christ, last book of the Bible, okay? And he's describing the followers of Jesus as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus. And persecution is taking place on the earth. The devil is seeking to snuff out the, the, the faithful followers of Jesus, right? Through human systems. Now watch what, watch what happens now in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, and look at this in verse number 11. The Bible says this, and they defeated him, or your version may say like the New King James, and they overcame him, right? And they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And the implication there is by their testimony about the blood of the Lamb, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about Jesus' self-sacrificing love manifested in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and is the very life of the kingdom. It's that testimony through which they overcome the devil and his earthly systems. And watch how it ends now in verse 11. It says, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. This is the same kind of self-sacrificing, loyal love that we see manifested in the life of these three Hebrew boys. What is the Bible saying here? Here's what the Bible is saying. I don't want you to miss this. You see, when you're loyal to, to the king and his kingdom, you trust his deliverance even to the point of death. Because watch this. Now, I don't know who originally made this quote, but it's, it's bringing out this same principle in the gospel. It's bringing out the same teaching of Jesus. You know how to actually live your life to the fullest when you know that which you're willing to die for. In other words, you're not really living until you know that which you're willing to die for. And ultimately, this is truly and most fully manifested, the, the, the most real uh, actual manifest, manifestation of this is when you are willing to die for Jesus who died for you. That's when you'd really live. See, what I want you not to misunderstand here that Jesus is bringing out, he's not talking about a martyrdom complex. He's not talking about the kind of person that, that willfully puts themselves unnecessarily in harm's way so that their life is snuffed out, so that, they're, so, so, so that they're, the, the vitality of life, so that they can best serve other people is, is diminished 
He's not talking about making yourself a doormat so that you can be abused and, and harmed and violated. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the kind of person that lives a certain kind of life. It's a life of self-sacrificing love. The kind of life that says, my life, my, 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 my priorities, my preferences are not more important than others. It's an other-centered life. This is the very life of the kingdom, even if it means sacrificing your life. See, even when it gets to the point like these three Hebrew young men, where you're put in a situation where it's, are you standing for Jesus Christ and his kingdom, or are you going to bow down to earthly systems or to Satan himself? And you in that moment say, well, then if I need to lay down my life for the sake of standing for Christ, then you give it up because Jesus says that even if you die, you will never really truly die. See, Jesus defines death as a sleep according to scripture. You see that very clearly in John chapter eight in the story of Lazarus. But life is in Christ and life in Christ is eternal to you even if you should die. It is but a sleep, it's but a moment. It's like you took a nap and you don't know the passing of time and you wake up, you have life and you have it eternally through Jesus Christ. And so for Jesus, real life is experienced when you live self-sacrificing life, when you live a life like Jesus Christ that gives to others. It doesn't put yourself first, but puts others first. And for you, that is life. You're not living life to the fullest until you're living it for Christ and others. That's why the law of love in the gospel throughout all scripture is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's actually life. But when you live life for yourself, you're actually dying. I'm going to say that one more time. When life for you is about you, is about self-exaltation at the expense of others, which is what's being manifested in Satan and is what's being manifested in the story here of King Nebuchadnezzar and this statue and its image and what's ultimately being developed right now on the stage of human history, ultimately to be revealed right before Jesus comes, Revelation 13 and 14, when another system, when the system of this world says, worship it and its image, Satan's behind it, that's the principle of self exaltation at the expense of others. The kingdom of God, which is the contrasting kingdom, says no. Self-sacrificing love at the benefit of others. That's the kingdom. And it took Jesus to the cross. Scholars call this a cruciformed life. This is what it means to ultimately really be a follower of Jesus. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. You love even your enemies right? Not to be a doormat, not to put yourself in positions to to have a martyrdom complex. No. And it doesn't mean that you don't speak truth to power. They did. They resisted. They spoke the truth. But they did it respectfully. They did it even at the cost of their own lives to demonstrate their loyalty to the real king, Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm calling you to. That's what this this message is calling you to. That's what Daniel 3 is calling you to. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is calling you to. You want to know why? Because Jesus gave his life for you. They're not doing this out of some kind of sense of obligation and compulsion. 
No, they're not doing this because they feel like God is strong arming them. They're not doing this out of legalistic obedience. No, they're doing this out of loving obedience. They're doing this out of gratitude for grace. They're doing this out of loyal love. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ moves us into, loyal love. They're standing, even at the cost of their lives, because they love Jesus who first loved them. Jesus goes to the cross in self-sacrificing love because he loved you that much. And when you really get a glimpse of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, you won't stand for anything else. I'm telling you, when you know the love of God, when you see his love revealed at the cross for you, in spite of you, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of the poor choices that you've made, these three Hebrew boys, even Daniel himself, were sinners saved by grace. And it was their relationship with Yahweh. It was your, it's the relationship with Jesus that brings you by the power of the Holy Spirit to this place of loyal love where you say, I'm not bowing down. I'm not giving in. I'm not compromising my faith. No, even if it costs me my life, I'm standing for Jesus Christ because he stood on a hill called Calvary. And he was stretched wide between heaven and earth. And he said, even if it costs me my life, I'm going to die for the likes of you and me. And when you know that kind of love, when you've tasted of that kind of love, you stand loyal to the king and his kingdom. Above every earthly influence and power, come on, politics? Are you kidding me? A political party? No, that's not worth it. That's going to fall. That is fallen according to Revelation 14, 8. No, to Christ and his kingdom. Really? Like the culture? Like that's what you're going to really ultimately stand for? No, to Christ and his kingdom. Really? To an artist, you're going to give your loyalty to a particular kind of music or a genre? Really? You're going to give your life to some kind of pop culture influence? Really? To materialism? To, to, to commercialism? To consumerism? You're going to give your loyalty to that? To capitalism? Really? No. No. To white supremacy? Really? To to, rate, to racism, to systemic injustice, that's what you're going to give your loyalty to? Come on, really? When Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who's coming back soon, has given his life for the world, even though the world by far rejects him, he still gave his life for you. No, that deserves your loyalty. Even if it costs you your life, you're not bowing. I challenge you today by the love of Christ. I adjure you today. I urge you today. If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, receive him today. Now is the time of salvation. Jesus has already secured your salvation at the cross. Receive it as a gift. It's by grace and grace alone. And enter into that relationship. That's why we're here. That's what we're trying to ignite. We want to help you take that next step to follow Jesus as a mature follower of Jesus that is a disciple that makes other disciples. And you do that in response to his loyal love revealed at the cross. Come on. Jesus loves you. And he gave his life for you. 
and he wants you now to give your life to him in a life of service, of loyal love to him. And even if it should cost you your life, you know your life is hidden in Christ. You will live eternally. As a matter of fact, because you've received the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel is telling you that your eternal life begins right now. Come on, taste and see that Jesus is good. I want to invite you right now to bow your head with me. We're going to pray that if you're someone right now, you're listening to this, I want to encourage you, fill out the connect card. Respond to this message and let us know that you want to take that next step. I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, oh God, we thank you for revealing your loyal love for us. So powerfully, so beautifully revealed in Jesus Christ and him crucified for our salvation. And it's that type of loyal love that establishes your kingdom here on the earth. Hearts like my friend that's watching right now, that's sitting at home, that's on his phone, that's on her laptop, that's, watch, that's watching this right now. We pray right now that they respond in loyal love to you, in reception of the gospel, in reception of your grace, that they receive your forgiveness full and free. You've made them right with yourself through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And may they receive that by faith and enter into a life of loyal love to you, of self-sacrificing love by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for that commitment right now, that person. We want to help them take that next step. God, right now, give them the courage to respond to this message right now so that we can take them on that next step to a life of ignited, loyal love to you. We praise you. God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for responding to that connect card, to this message. Watch out for part three, our last installment of this series, Loyal to King and Kingdom. Come on. Jesus Christ is worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of your loyalty. I'm CJ Cousins. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.